What is up, Catch Your Lifers? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And Catch Your Life listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash catchyourlife. That's betterhelp.com slash catchyourlife. This episode is sponsored by T. This episode is sponsored by Lipton. Girl, <laughs> On this episode of Catch Your Life, I had to realize that being imperfect is someone's perfect. But most importantly, being imperfect is my perfect, and I'm cool with that. You're not alone, and you'll find out, you know, the people around you, the people that inspire you, they feel the same way. Imposter syndrome is just not, you know, something you feel. For me, it was really that, you know, when you're uncomfortable, you know change is coming. And I got to the point, I was just tired of being uncomfortable, and I was just like, okay, I'm over this. I just gotta talk and speak and ask whatever questions I need to. And that's really just for me in that academic setting. Little ugly ass pandemic. Little ugly, like I just wanna bop her in the head. COVID, go somewhere. Like, boo, you stink. Like, next. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Catch Your Life. And I know it's been a while. My name is Casey. And I'm with my co-host today, like always. Woo, I'm Reese. Hyped up Reese. I'm a DJ, I'm a producer. I love putting Black people on a pedestal, and that's what I care about, okay? So I just love to help my people. And I'm Michelle. Wee! And I'm, <laughs> I'm a Black person who cares about Black people and everything that affects us. It's been a while since I said that. <laughs> yes, y'all. I'm so excited to actually be back on the podcast because it's been a whole minute. I feel like I had a kid, and like I, got, I bought a house or something, and I'm just coming back to this. But it's been a journey. For me personally, but I want to hear about you guys and how you've been on our break, on our like little hiatus. I know we still have people that listen and are waiting for an episode to come out. So how have you guys been? Yeah, so for me, I've been, um, I mean, I've been in school. So that's really what uh, takes up most of my time. I'm actually graduating in March. I'll be done in March, which is crazy because I feel like I was just on the episode saying I got into graduate school. But yes, I'll be done uh, March 2022. So yeah, that's really just you know, focusing on school and what my next steps are going to be, as well as, you know, uh, I've been doing the thrifting thing, you know, still doing thrifting. So, you know, just trying to um, definitely expand that in 2022 as well. Yes, Michelle, I saw you thrifting. This shit, you viral, nigga. You you famous on the ticket of talk. <laughs> my page been blowing up. <laughs> Yo, my girl is famous. No, you literally went viral, though. <laughs> you went viral. Yeah. TikTok. You know, that algorithm really helped me, man. That, that But um, even the reels, reels have been really, uh, like my Instagram reels, they are, have really been helping as well. Like my, ever since the beginning of December, my um, my page been blowing up. I posted two videos and it's just like, it's been like three weeks and I'm still getting comments and stuff from those videos. So use them IG reels, y'all. Well, child, let me use my IG reel right now. Yep. <laughs> Literally, but let's see. So what the hell have I been up to? I've been honestly laying low, just like, just revamping my life, my mind, my everything, really just trying to get my shit together. Or as not even get my shit together, feel like I have my shit together because I do have it together. It's just, you know, 
I'll be worrying about it on a little scale and not a big scale. So I'm just really trying to just be there for myself and be present. Like, girl, you're doing what you need to do. Um, I've been renovating my house like crazy. Like the shit is really about to take it take it up a whole new level. I'm getting my uh my fucking bathroom done. So like just piecing that and designing that has been like an obstacle. Like how the hell do you fucking design a bathroom? Like it's just like I'm just learning so much. So I'm really grateful for that. Um uh, I'm going to be starting school uh in January. I'm going back for audio production. Um because like like I've been saying, I've been just trying to figure out, you know, refresh, like refresh myself, like just figure out my goals, you know, like really get a handle on what I want to do because out here just working for the white man, just having a job with no goal is just like, that shit is just ghetto to me. Like, especially when my job gives you like the tools that I need to invest in myself. So I'm literally just, um, I'm creating my plan and and really seeing what the goals are for me, like not letting other people choose my career and really taking control of where where I want to go. Cause I got I got promoted recently and it's really fucking me up because like this is the pinnacle for me. Like this is where I wanted to go. And I feel like I don't have another goal or something else to work towards. And I don't like that. Like the shit, it feels very mundane, you know? It's like, what the fuck, what am I doing this for? You know? So I, I realized like I have to come up with an exit plan and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invest in myself, really go to school and learn, learn what I was afraid to learn when I first graduated high school, you know, because my, I couldn't afford going away to a four year, four four-year college and I knew that shit like my family was not in the position to do that so like now you know at 26 I I work for a company that's willing to pay off my tuition like nigga you better take advantage of this shit and 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 get the do what you want to do you know and that's what I'm about to do so I'm just getting myself geared up revitalized refreshed just ready you know, to come into 2022 swinging, literally, like, I'm just lining all my motherfucking ducks up in a row right now, like, <laughs> really trying to get the fuck out, so, you know, um, that's where my life has been so far, it's, it's on a, it's on a smooth trajectory, because this COVID shit, it's really, like, very discouraging, and I'm fucking over this little ugly ass pandemic like like get the fuck out of the way like you know like it's a little ugly like I just want to bop her in the head COVID go somewhere like boo you sting like next <laughs> so that's where I'm at you know you yeah. said bing bong fuck your life <laughs> yes no but for real I feel like what you were saying about being um content or not consent, like, you know, there's no next step or next, no next goal you're reaching for in your job. Cause you, you know, got that position. You, you broke, you reached a point where you said you wanted to reach. And I think that that's good that you feel as though you need to make a, you know, make some kind of change uh, and figure out what the new goal uh, will be. 
because a lot of people do get, and sometimes you when you think about it, a lot of people do get content in what they're doing. You know, like, you know, I, I speak to older people who they might be like their mid forties, fifties, whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, I want to go back to school, but I just got content with what I'm doing. And I just feel like, you know, us being in this new generation, I feel like a lot of us, um, some people just lack options. So it was easy for, easier for them to be content because they had to, you know, but in the position we're in right now, um, it's harder for us to just put a grasp, get a grasp on being content um, and doing something because it's like, we're always just looking for the next, um, the next move. And I think that that's a positive um, for our generation. And it could be, and it could be, you know, sometimes it is negative, but I think for the most part, that's definitely a positive thing that you're thinking like, what am I going to do next? Because you never want to be, um, you know, just stuck. Yeah. Cause financial stability was really big for me. Like just growing up, you know, just, you know, being without sometimes it just, you know, life scared me, like going for your dream scared me so much because I seen the failure in that, that I just wanted financial stability. Right. And like, now that I have that, I'm like still not fulfilled, you know, like mm -hmm. it's okay, but it's like, I want more out of life. Like this, this is cool and all, and I'm not knocking anybody who just wants to wake up and go to a nine to five. Like, if that's your dream, sis, that's what you want to do. Like, go ahead. But like, it's just like, it's like being a manager. All right. What the fuck is that look like? Okay. You don't even get overtime. You're just a slave until, you know, you get to the time management is not there. They don't give a fuck. Like, being a manager is not cute, not cool. Like, like that right. shit for somebody else. I'm sorry, but that's, I just seen too many people come in and just like settle for some bullshit. And I just, I don't want to be that, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm tired of that. Well, I'm proud of you. Um, yeah. This is a big step. You going back to school for what you want and taking the time to do it. Like, you know, because time is like what we're anxious of in this generation i feel like we always want to do stuff like instant gratification and um i'm, I'm more comfortable with just taking my time at this point <laughs> literally like when i get there i'm gonna fucking get there and that's gonna be that and it was meant for me to get there um but yeah i'm excited for you in this journey i am honestly excited for you in this journey and where it's going to lead you to thank you so how have i been honestly um it's been a whirlwind for me in LA, but I have to constantly remind myself that I'm the first person doing me ever in life to ever exist. Like this is the first me that's ever been on this earth and doing it. So with that comes a lot of, um, you don't know what the fuck is happening and you don't know what's going on at some times, but you're gonna figure it out and it's a learning experience. So that's how it's been in LA. Um, I'm getting my own spot very soon. Thank God. <laughs> yes, definitely. I needed that. Um, Career-wise, I'm finally working in production. Modeling is going good. I had to take a break from modeling. I'm going to get into that in my segment. I am okay. I wasn't okay before, and that's okay to say that because I'm fucking human and that happens. So I had to sign up for therapy and go and take the necessary steps and talk to um, a therapist, a licensed therapist, y'all, because some of y'all be acting like therapists on Instagram. When, but that's a different story. Um, I had to talk to a, life, a licensed therapist about my perfectionism. And it was like a really big thing for me to the point where I just wasn't creating content at all. And imposter syndrome, which I'm gonna talk about in my segment. 
it got to a point where it was just crippling me and I wasn't producing nothing. Not Nothing was being produced on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Uh, wasn't making no short films, no indie films, like nothing. It was nothing, no podcast. We haven't had a podcast in a minute. I had to dig deep within myself to realize that being imperfect is perfect for me and I'm okay with that. Like it's big lit, I don't care. We can move on to the next level <laughs> with me being imperfect. Um, so that's why I'm here and that's why we're doing this podcast. And that's why I wanted to talk about imposter syndrome for our next segment. So yeah, it's been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot. It's been a journey, especially living in LA. It's like you just don't have the necessary tools in order to succeed unless you build it from ground up. And that could be like, whether you're talking about the home you live in, the circle around you, the career that you're in with toxic people talking to you disrespectfully and taking that back, um, you taking that disrespect. It could be a lot of things and you have to, it's a growing experience, a learning experience, especially for me on not just like um, being a people's pleaser and standing, for, standing up for what I want and knowing what I want to get to the next step. And it's going to be uncomfortable, but here we are, we're doing it. It's crazy that like you're completely on the other side of the world feeling exactly how I feel like I've literally been in so many just creative funks to where I just can't do shit like I don't mm. want to touch my b-pad I don't want to do anything because I'm so hard on myself every time I feel like I have to sit here and make art I feel like I have to record it or something because I don't want like a day to go by to where I'm not taking that opportunity to put myself out there you know and it's just like that constant thought every day like that pressure every day like it adds up so much so that it, it cripples you like how you said like you don't do shit because you're right. like all right this isn't worth it this isn't worth it this isn't worth it like this is not good enough and it's just like you're constantly having these loops when approaching your content or whatever you have left in your camera roll with these like terrible types of types of thoughts, you know, about how people will, will perceive them. And it just, I'm telling you, you're not alone. Like that fucking depressive spout creatively. Like I was just down in the dumps, like, I, I like telling myself like, you ain't shit. Like nigga, what? Like, no. and I feel like I don't have like my friends around me because everybody's, you know, all spread out. And I'm just like, I don't do what I used to do. Like I used to be out. I used to enjoy having other creative energies to bounce off of having people to hold me accountable. And I just feel like, like, where the fuck are my people? And then like the people that I do get the people that, cause I don't go out that much, but when I do, it's like, I'm getting bottom of the barrel head ass motherfuckers. Like I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I need somebody that's on my level or better, that's contributing, that's growing, that's feeding me. Like, I don't have, I'm not supposed to be supplying everything for this shit. Like, what the fuck? I need people that can add to what I have. I want to learn to that. And I just like, I feel so like, like my creative community is just like not around me. Like my, my niggas, they just not around. And it's because our schedules are different. It's because we're doing other things. We're in different locations, you know, things of that nature. And it's just like, it, it, it sucks feeling like this alone creatively. And it's just like, uh, I need good energy. And it's just like, I, I feel like I don't have that in reach. So I want to, I want to restart that and go out and do things like that. But 
the Omarion variant and all this shit, whether to get a booster to not get a booster. It's just like, should you have your vaccination card when you come at the event? All this shit, like that I'm just thinking about. I like like I said yeah. before, I just want to slap COVID in the face. Yeah, I feel like COVID during this time, <laughs> we've lived like five lifetimes. It's so crazy that it's been what March 2020, it's December 2021. You're about to be in 2022, two years. And it feels like I've lived four different lives. Like, it's so crazy. Like, you know, I went into I went into the pandemic, 23, you know, fresh. Coming out, about to be 26, 27 years old. I don't like this. I really don't. <laughs> but, you know, I also feel like the imposter syndrome for me, you know, for me, it was really like, you know, I put on some weight during the pandemic. And it's so crazy because when I talk to other people, you know, I literally don't, even though I'm making thrift videos, like you would never know that I literally, when I rarely put my face online anymore, unless like, okay, I'm doing like a video real quick showing what I bought, but I don't do like outfit uh, videos no more. I rarely take selfies and pictures no more just because I don't feel like myself. I feel like I'm living in a different body and it sounds very dramatic, <laughs> but it's very, it's very real. And I literally, I couldn't, I, honestly, I can't tell you the last time I wore jeans. I don't wear jeans. Like for me, that's a, I get, I'm, I'm not gonna say it's a big thing, but like, I don't wear, like, I, I feel like I'm, like I said, I'm living in a different body. And um, then when you talk to other people, like we're talking now, they're going through similar things where they feel as though they're not in the right space. Like I was just watching a video of this very popular creator on TikTok, um, Wisdom. He's like a very popular uh, fashion creator right now. This guy is 20 years old. You know, he started, you know, he got popular at 18 and he's like, he's 20. And I was watching this man on TikTok talk about, he feels like he's so old and he hasn't, and there's so many people doing so many other things. And I'm like, wow, what the heck? How's a 20 year old who has amassed uh, such a huge following and has accomplished so much, you know, during the pandemic saying similar things to what we are, we're saying? I feel like there's never, uh, you know, there's never, there's always going to be people who feel this way. There's always, there's always going to be these thoughts that everyone has. You could be Kim Kardashian, you know, a top socialite doing all this stuff and you could still be feeling the same thoughts or thinking the same thoughts that we're feeling. I feel like um, that means, I guess this stuff doesn't matter or maybe it matters, but it's not as deep as we think. I, I don't know how to feel about that or how to place that, but I feel like it doesn't matter what um, level you get to. These thoughts don't change or these th people still have these thoughts and we're not any different or we're not as low as we think you know but i digress <laughs> no i feel you completely on that and that brings us to our mental health awareness segment where we unpack release reset and recharge for the week to come so today's mental health awareness segment is centered around imposter syndrome now you could be like, what the hell is that? Or you could be like, Casey, I know exactly what you're talking about. Either way, listen, I got you because I am you. This is a game of self-esteem predicated on perspective. So you're, scro you're scrolling on social media, like Michelle said, you're on social media and you're scrolling for hours on end and you see a person that is younger than you, appears to have more money than you, a more successful career in your same field than you, and a larger audience than you. And we are biologically hardwired as humans to compare ourselves to other people. So suddenly you feel as though you aren't as great as said TikToker, YouTuber, or self-proclaimed activist. So then you start to doubt yourself. The doubt starts to kick in and you start nitpicking 
when little things, every little thing in your life that isn't right, you keep on nitpicking until finally you are mentally and physically crippling yourself, like me, from even producing or creating the bomb-ass content you know that God puts you on this earth to create, period. And plus, you, you do it effortlessly, so why aren't you doing it? So suddenly, it's not the TikToker, YouTuber, Instagram model, or self-proclaimed activist in your way, it's you. And that's a tough cookie to bite. Is that the saying? Tough cookie to bite? Oh, no, that's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> that's a tough, tough cookie to bite. <laughs> <laughs> cookies are good, period, and they're always so. <laughs> Don't eat stale cookies, y'all. Okay, so for me, when I first moved to LA, I had this perspective of myself being a fraud, kind of. Like, I wasn't meant to be there, and that one day everyone was going to figure it out that I'm just a regular boy from Jersey, and I don't know nothing about nothing, and I have no talents. Realistically, I had to be like, Casey, but you have degrees. You have, you have experience in interviewing and hosting events. You have proven that you create bomb-ass content, went viral before, and you've built your social media from ground up. Like, pat yourself on the back, give yourself a raise, put a crown on your head, King. Like, everything's going to be okay. Take a deep breath. But yet you still, or I still, feel like an imposter. So this is called imposter syndrome. According to Healthline, imposter syndrome, also called perceived fraudulence, involves feelings of self-doubt and personal incompetence that persist despite your education, experience, or accomplishments. Ultimately, this is the feeling of inadequacy despite evident success. And this feeling can be universal. Like my good sis, let me not, let me not say my good sis, Dr. Maya Angelou has even said, quote, I have written 11 books, but each time I think, uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I run a game on everybody and they're going to find me out now. So next part of this segment, how do we overcome this imposter syndrome? What is up, Catcher Lifers? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Trust me, I know. The good news is therapy works, y'all. For me, I thought online therapy would feel forced and lack authenticity, but it felt relieving to unpack my everyday stressors and traumas in a healthy manner that didn't involve feeling like I was passing it on to my friends or family to deal with. I can confidently say online therapy has improved my life and helped me so much through this pandemic. Whether it be relationships I have with family, friends, or in a work setting, professional career life, online therapy has given me tips and healthy coping techniques to not self-sabotage. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve it. You deserve to be happy. And now, especially during the pandemic, you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. The perks about BetterHelp is its customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. Plus, y'all know how I feel about self-care. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And Catch Your Life listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash catchyourlife. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash catch your life. So I just have to put a little disclaimer that I just want to say I am not a licensed therapist and I am speaking from my point of view and my perspective on what has been helping me 
and the only. So through therapy, I had to realize that being imperfect is someone perfect. But most importantly, being imperfect is my perfect. And I'm cool with that. Like, that's lit for me. There was a moment where I stopped modeling and I had to ask myself through therapy these five questions. And I want you guys, if you are going through imposter syndrome, to ask yourself these five questions as well. One, how did I feel? Or how do you feel? Two, what need isn't being met? Three, what am I secretly afraid of and why? Four, what's really going on inside? Five, deep down, what do you believe about yourself? For me, I had a constant feeling to be perfect in modeling, in Instagram and TikTok. Like I gave the girls space and it just was a lot for me to constantly be, it was like my image to constantly be on and be perfect. And for me in my head, this is how I felt. Um, and so I had to ask myself, how do I feel? And I felt as though I needed to keep up this perfect image of myself. What need isn't being met for me, my need to be perfect in every situation, especially when I moved to LA was not being met because I'm competing against people with surgery, competing against people that had been here for 10 years, competing with so many different people. And what am I secretly afraid of and why? I was secretly afraid of that if I was vulnerable and imperfect, I wouldn't be loved. So what's really going on inside? A belief that I had to be perfect in order to be loved, which gave one this belief of conditional love. So deep down, I thought, or I believed, that I was unlovable because I was imperfect. And automatically in therapy, it was one of those things where you realize how ridiculous you sound once you said it aloud. And then you're like, whoa, I sound wild, that sounded crazy. <laughs> and then you have to reverse your mindset or that was exactly meant to happen at that time so you could realize how crazy you sound. Nobody is perfect in this world, no matter how they may seem through a filter on social media. So because no one is perfect and unconditional love still exists, my ideation was flawed as fuck. And then I also have a second technique that you guys can use, which is affirmations. Now this child is going to take a year and I know some of you bitches are inconsistent, <laughs> but this is going to take a year. This involves you journaling for a year straight. I am, and you blank, it's I am blank. So you fill that space with whatever you felt necessary. So example, I am confident because, and you leave that on the top of the page. And you proceed on with your whole day. You write that in the morning. You proceed on with your whole day. At the end of the day, you're, I mean, at, during the day, you're thinking about that sentence and how you can fill that sentence, how you can complete that sentence. And at the end of the day, you fill that sentence. So for an example, I am confident. I am confident because I held my head up high today. I am confident because I love myself and I spread love. And therefore, I can be a universal love system. I am confident and so on. So that's another technique. Those are the two techniques that I thought that could help you with imposter syndrome and that have helped me and that I'm currently using. And it hasn't been a year, but child, it's been like a good like three months. So I'm getting there. We feel confident when we're doing it. Your guys' thoughts on imposter syndrome and how you guys have been coping with it since we talked about it earlier. Um, as far as imposter syndrome goes, it's uh, an uphill battle. Oh, you know, every day you are... You can you can be questioning it, but um, I cope with it with my T-shirts. You know, you are enough. Believe in yourself. You are worth it. 
it just helps, especially like when I'm making a video to it, like playing with my B pad with it. It's just like, bitch, you got this, you know? And then um, sometimes when I'm driving uh, on my way to work, you know, when I'm sitting at a red light, I'll just flip my mirror down and just really remind myself of how proud I am, you know, because little me is just proud of the, the girl that I've become. And it's just like, you gotta, you know, remind yourself on a daily basis, you know, to just be nice, be kind to yourself because you're still that little person on the inside. You know, you grow up and you do like less stupid shit, but you know, uh, you just got to really protect yourself. But um, I uh, watched a poet uh, do like a friendly reminder on um, imposter syndromes and she uh, helped with some tips. Her name is uh, Queena Bergen. But uh, I'm going to talk about the tips that she talked about. She said, uh, number one, like a tip to fight imposter syndrome is to learn more about the shit you feel you're an imposter at. And mind you, this is like a paraphrase of the video of the tips, but that was tip number one. Tip number two, uh, talk to people about your imposter syndrome and that could help you as far as, um, you know, getting venting about it, just releasing how you feel just always a good uh good thing they do because you're not alone and you'll find out you know the people around you the people that inspire you um they feel the same way imposter syndrome is just not you know something you feel because you're by yourself no it's something everybody feels because you know we're human and, and we we beat ourselves up like that uh the third tip is she, she said understand imposter syndrome doesn't exist like literally, you're not an imposter. <laughs> like you're not fraudulent. Like you're really out here actually doing it. Like it's it's a made up type of thing that we tell ourselves is real, but it's not real. And um, I felt this so hard. The imposter syndrome at the Goldie Awards, uh, both times. Literally, I felt like I wasn't good enough to be amongst other producers because I haven't been doing it long enough. Like literally um, the first year I got into the Goldie Awards, I was, I only had my B-pad for a year and I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. But I'll tell you one thing that I did was I consistently practiced the shit that I thought I had no idea I was doing. And it's crazy because like, I'm a performer. I, I, I sing, I, I, I rap, I make beats, I perform them live and shit. And I did it at churches and shit. And I choked those times before, like I would have like lyrics and shit, be ready to to perform. And I would just choke. But at the beat battle, like I did not fucking choke. Like a bitch knew what the fuck was going on and I fucking delivered. And I was just like so proud of myself and that I just didn't like fuck up right then and there. And it's because I consistently practiced. Like I set myself up. I didn't let the doubt consume me so much that I didn't practice my craft like and that's what helped me beat the imposter syndrome like I came there I fucking carried like I've been doing this shit for 10 years and then went home you know so I beat that imposter syndrome up that day but uh like I previously said it's an uphill battle I still struggle with it but those um tips definitely helped me out from Queen of Bergen uh you know if you're uncomfortable it means you're transitioning 
and it's a good thing to be transitioning like you'll be you'll be good once you adapt so those are my tips for uh, imposter syndrome yeah for me i know that like you were saying that last tip you said about if you're uh, uncomfortable means you're you know changing you're adapting whatever and i feel that's how i that's how i've been getting through graduate school um you know, when I entered graduate school, I was like, I, I really felt the imposter system hard because I was talking to people and these, some of these kids is like fresh out of undergraduate, um, their undergraduate career. And they're just spitting all these, you know, health facts. And they, they know reading like academic journals for fun and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? How did I get here? Because ain't no way. <laughs> and I remember what really hit me, it, it really just hit me, um, you know, this summer going into, you know, this, this last, you know, this previous quarter I just completed. And I'm just like, yo, all this academia shit is really just made up. Like the way that these people talk in these spaces is really just so fake. Like there's a lot easier ways to say a lot of the stuff that, that we're saying and that we're communicating in these, you know, classrooms. And what really pissed me off, you know, in, in graduate school, especially now, because, you know, we're post this George Floyd era, where ever since, you know, last summer, all these, you know, all these uh, organizations, all these businesses, all these schools are like, okay, diversity and inclusion, what can we do? I was on a subcommittee, you know, at, at my college for um, recruitment and retention. So this is the recruitment and retention of black and brown students how can we get more black students to come to our school and how can we keep them there? Right. And, you know, I'm sitting on this committee and we're just, you know, first of all, I was, it was only one black person going to committee board and I've said, so how the hell, but I digress. And <laughs> I'm like, so it was one, like my friend, she was the only black person on the committee. I said, no, nah, I got to join. So I emailed the lady. I said, um, I'm was there a pop girl there? <laughs> <laughs> um, there, yes, there was a pop. There was a, there was a pot, but, um, and, and everybody else was white. The one white guy in there, you know, I might go, let me not get into that story right now. I'm going to say that for another day, but it was a mess. And I just felt like we just talking, like, why are we just talking? Like, we're just saying, okay, to get these black people here, we got to, you know, make this and do this and do that. Mind you, that was, uh, last, let's say September, 2020. I have not seen any of the stuff I talked about. Uh, since then, I don't know. It, it's just like we just keep—they just keep putting out these, um, you know, these action plans, these working groups about diversity and inclusion. And I just say that to say that a lot of it is really just talk, and it, it and it's just we just have to, you know, get the pressure off us. So we just want to keep putting all this stuff, you know, saying all these things, and that's really just how white supremacy works in these institutions. And a lot of times, white supremacy will have you thinking. It will also be, you know, an aspect onto imposter syndrome. You'll be in these workspaces, in these schools, in these classrooms, and you'll be thinking that you shouldn't be there because, you know, what the hell are they talking about? And a lot of stuff is made up. I've literally, gone, ever since, you know, going into this last September semester, every time I don't know something, I'm just like, what does that mean? Like, what are you talking about? Can you break that down a little bit more? I'm just like, I'm straight up just saying, I don't know what that means because I feel like I was faking it before and I was just like, okay, I'm just going, I'll, I'll look it up later. I just, but when I'm, you know, you said that you want to bring black people to this school and you want to retain them. So let's make it easier for people who've been historically, you know, can't get access to these places. How about you break it down for us? Because 
I, and I think that's what something that I'm passionate about in that setting is really just getting straight to the point. What is the problem? How are we going to fix it? We don't need to talk in parables and riddles and talk about like, you know, the constitution and the, you know, these long, these big words that just confuse people and then make people feel like they don't need, like it gives you, it really literally gives you anxiety um, being in some of these places. So for me, it was really that, you know, when you're uncomfortable, you know, change is coming. And I got to the point, I was just tired of being uncomfortable and I was just like, okay, I'm over this. I just got to talk and speak and ask whatever questions I need to. And that's really just for me in that academic setting. Uh, but yeah, let me stop rambling. <laughs> no, literally, that's how I felt when I went, when we went to college. I'm not going to shout out the college or nothing. Because, no, yeah. But, yeah. That's how I felt when yeah. we went to college. I felt like it was that, it was that you automatically had to walk in the door. You're going to know class it. in order to learn and you already had to know it. Like you had to know what was going on. And so you had yep. to like hush hush about it and learn about it later. But I'm glad that you're opening your mouth and doing that now because that's important. Yeah. Like teachers yeah. need to teach. Like like you were saying, I, I had now had to do this internship where I had to do like this final project. We had to write a proposal, you know, whatever. Never written a proposal in my life. Don't know what they're talking about. I just wrote it, whatever. A friend of mine, same thing. She has a little bit more work experience. She's a little bit older. She writes it and her, like her advisor gets back to her and was like, yeah, I think this writing needs to be a little better and you need to do this and do that. She's like, I ha like, we literally had no clue what it meant to write this proposal. What does this proposal mean? They literally just said, this is your deadline. Do it. How yeah. do you expect to retain Black people or Black students if you never tell them or help them figure out how to get this stuff accomplished? It's literally after the fact, this is what you should have did. How was I ever going to know that? When, will I have, when would I have learned that? And I think that was just my biggest issue. That was my breaking point. It was just like, we need to stop. It, it, it really is gatekeeping. And that's why I realized that all this talk that they're doing about diversity and inclusion was just a mess. You know, especially academia, it's, it's really a mess. I'm just like, cut the bullshit. Let's, let's, just, let's just get to the point if we're actually trying to solve some problems here. But that's the thing. They're not really trying to solve it, but, you know. Yeah, I think that's um, <laughs> also, I was watching your interview with um, Issa Rae. You know, she has her own, like, she has her own, like, kind of, it's kind of like a talk show discussion on YouTube, but mm -hmm. it's live. So mm -hmm. um, Zendaya came on her show. And they were talking about being a, a Black creative in LA or in New York or wherever, in America, just basically. And Zendaya um, said, it's not a lack of talent, it's a lack of opportunity. And that just reminded me of that. That was right. one of my things. Because we're constantly feeling like we're imposters and we, we're not good enough when it's not even us. Like, it's right. the lack of opportunity that is held from us. Right. And it's like, oh, try harder. Well, I guess that wraps up that segment. We're going on to our next segment, and our next segment is the news segment. Next up, the Catch Your Life news segment, where we catch your life on current events and pop culture and politics and clear the air on any confusion. Yeah, so my news segment is more like, you know, pop culture, a mixture of political, social issues that we got going on right now. Um, really, I just want to talk about, you know, of course, we have a new variant of the COVID-19, you know, so that's been, really been taking a toll uh, on us. And in the midst of that vaccinations and booster shots, and you can't come into certain places if you're not vaccinated, or you can't go to certain places if you don't have this and you don't have that. And I think that's a really big topic that's been going on. And especially me as a, I'm a public health graduate student. So at the end of the day, I, I, I back science. If I know the proof is there, that's what I look at. But of course, this is still very new. It's very new, but all you can do is use history. So what, what what has come already before us? Use that to plan out what we what the next steps are. How do y'all feel about Philadelphia just said on January 3rd to go eat at any restaurant or any bar uh, in the city, you have to have a vaccination card. You have to be fully vaccinated. What do you guys feel about that? Or how do you guys feel about that? It doesn't make sense. 
the limit doesn't exist because there's already another there's already another corona version virus uh variant whatever you want to call it what is it called omni (laughs) Um, Uh, it's like omnicron or yeah omnicron Omnicron. yeah Yeah, that's out and like it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not so it's like the limit doesn't exist they shouldn't have to have a vaccination card you need to wipe down everything listen i work covid compliance here Mm. for production Sometimes and like you just need to make sure the area is safe and wipe shit down and make sure you're cleaning. That's what it comes down to in these restaurants. And people have to wear their masks. It's not like right. there's some places where you don't have to wear your mask and the clubs are open and like that's also mm. another big thing. But people need to be wearing their masks and taking this shit seriously so we can move on with our lives and we don't have to live another 10 lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a vaccinated person, I think we're super spreaders. Um, <laughs> I feel like we go in spaces, no mask on. We think we're safe, but mm. you know, if we're in, a, we share other spaces with other unvaccinated people. They're more like they're gonna get it, or somebody else can get it because it's a free for all. Like yeah. we just right. we doing whatever because we think we're invincible. And I, mm. I, I'm just like, that's why I don't know about this booster because I'm like, nigga, I'm gonna have to get another one and yeah. another one and right. another one. So I'm right. just like. Hold yeah. up. I'm yeah. just Pers- like, what the fuck? Yeah, personally, I've never stopped wearing my mask. Like, when I go to a bar or I sit down at a restaurant, I take my mask off to eat. But I'm not really, like, I have not walked into any store or any place without a mask on, even though I've been vaccinated since, you know, February, March, whatever. And I actually did get the booster shot last Thursday. But yeah, I just feel like the whole, the big problem with me is the whole mask situation. I feel like no one wears their mask vaccinated or or unvaccinated. And like Reese was saying, a lot of vaccinated people are walking around with no mask on and then going out and all this kind of stuff. And then unvaccinated people are doing the same thing as well because there's no, there's really no, unless yes, they ask you, are you vaccinated? This is my card, go in, whatever. There's no places really doing that right now, right? So for the CDC or whoever to come out, and I know it's a trade-off. You know, uh, they, they had to do a trade-off because there's so many people up in arms about masks. So they said, okay, well, we're not going to check, but if you're uh, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. They knew that unvaccinated people would still not wear their mask, but it was like a trade-off because people are so angry and people are still angry now. You know, so I, I feel like that's why they said, okay, you don't have to wear a mask anymore, but I feel like that sh- never should have happened. They never should have told people to stop wearing their masks just because they're vaccinated. It's it's it's, it's very hectic. I, I don't want to live another forty-five lives either. Uh, in this in this <laughs> pandemic, but it's not looking too good. <laughs> it's not looking too good. Them numbers, it's they said it's supposed to be worse than any other wave we've experienced, and them but numbers I, is on a rise. Come I on, also. Dude. I also feel like this next wave of COVID is not going to be as serious. I feel like it's going to be like the common cold, you know, because mm-hmm. the people, especially for the people that have the vaccine, it's going to be less right. severe. So, right. Right. so it's going to keep on coming in waves like that until like eventually everyone fucking has it when they take the test. Like everyone can be right. positive and immune to it. So yeah, yeah, and I, I also agree that more pe- uh, a lot of people won't die because so many people are vaccinated now. I mean, people are still going to die, but you know. Um, I know a lot more people won't. And I think that is the importance of the vaccine because less people have serious, you know, long COVID, you know, people, there's people who are blind from COVID. I have, I, there's this guy I know that I met when I was working at like, you know, this physical therapy place. And he was like a big anti-vaxxer, right? Still going to the gym, peak COVID, uh, 2020, whatever, just saying all these crazy stuff online about COVID, right? This man caught COVID July this year. 
I completely forgot about the man because it's not like I'm this is not checking for him, but I just see him online, whatever. A month or two ago, his wife comes on his page and says, This man been in a coma for four months with COVID. And I'm just like, what? And the sad part is that his wife was pregnant and his wife had the baby while dude was in a coma. So his baby he's never met is like four months old and he'd been in a coma. He just posted a video like a couple of days ago, like physically him actually videotaping himself. He's because he was a, he was like a body, you know, bodybuilder type dude. So he this man literally has lost at least 150 pounds because, you know, he's been in a uh, coma so long. And I'm just like, bro, this is crazy. Like, this just shows why you shouldn't downplay anything. Like, you shouldn't downplay any sickness. We've just seen the last two years that serious, and that should never be downplayed. So that person I know going through that, that really was just like, bro, just people, I don't want to wear a muzzle. I don't want to get vaccinated. I don't want to do anything. I'm like, what the hell you want to do then? What are we, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? You don't want to wear a mask? Like, what's going on? Not a muzzle. People, people are so <laughs> dramatic. Like, so dramatic. What is the solution? You don't want to wear a mask and you don't want to get vaccinated. What's gonna happen? Like, what? Are we, you're, <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> I had someone on I had someone on set tell me that they couldn't breathe. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Because of the mask? Yeah, because the mask was like here. <laughs> and I'm like, that you're going it's not helping anybody. Like you're as good as having the mask off. You need to like lift it up a little bit. He was like, come on, man, I can't breathe. I'm like, really? <laughs> you really want to smell at his own breath. You, you need to go to the hospital then. If you <laughs> right. can't breathe, you need an yeah. asthma pump. If you can't breathe because of a mask, like, come on. It's it's not it's not a, a gas mask like it's not that thick like and even <laughs> gas mask you can breathe so come on stop lying like we got to be I, honest in 2022 really we really got to be honest with ourselves like people keep saying oh I don't know what's going to happen well let's do some critical thinking and let's use some common sense and just take as much precaution as we need to you don't want to get vaccinated that is fine please wear the mask what's the point of not being vaccinated not wearing a mask you're not invisible. No one is invincible. They're like, God got me. Yeah, God got you. He gonna have you in heaven too. But I, I, I digress. I <laughs> <laughs> have you in heaven. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> okay, that's enough about COVID. I think I'm, I'm just gonna move into, this is the, the one um, pop culture thing I have. Really this whole Meg Thee Stallion, Tory Lanez drama that's been, you know, going on as long as COVID now, I feel like. <laughs> and, I'm um, dead. <laughs> and it's really just, I think, my the theme of this whole situation to me we don't believe the victim when it's a black woman like they say black women are most disrespected whatever um you know people in society and i feel like i'm gonna believe megan until i, I saw the foot we saw the foot we, we saw the uh the bullets the the hole whatever the the scraps on her leg i'm a believer until you know i feel like tori and the other girl her ex-best friend that was like also i guess her manager a little bit everybody's just like well we go the truth gonna come out we going to see what we going to see. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? And I feel like Megan, what, Megan just graduated from college. The next day they posted Meg and Kelsey was really just cat fighting. And I feel like they're making it seem like there was a fight. So it sort of justified her being shot. Do y'all think, does that kind of make sense to y'all? Like, I, I feel like they're coming out saying, oh, uh, Megan and her friend were fighting. So maybe he was trying to break it up. Right. That is so <laughs> stupid. That's what I'm saying. My emotion. <laughs> if he if he shot her, he needs to go to jail. But yeah, I'm I, not. I'm just like, I I'm letting the whole thing play out because right. every day I feel like I hear something else that's just like, what the fuck is going on? 
Like, yes. I just need to hear a verdict at this point. Guilty or not guilty? Because, right. because this is a lot of ring around the rosy. You see yep. one thing, then the shame room updates something else. And then right. it's just like, all right, I just want to wait till this case is over. Because it's yeah. clearly, clearly tons of details here and overload. Right. And what they say about... Oh, sorry. Was go Kelsey? Ahead. Was Kelsey? Because there's a lot of clarification I need. Because I haven't been following the story. Was Kelsey the one in the car? Yeah, they said Kelsey was in the car. Supposedly, what it is is that Kelsey was uh like Tory Lanes, but Meg was in some kind of intimate relationship with Tory Lanes or messed around, whatever. And they was mad at or she was mad at her for you know messing with him, supposedly. So that I guess that's why they were fighting, and support supposedly. Tory Lane said he was trying to protect his girl. I don't know who, what girl you talking about, but so Kelsey yeah. and Mike fought for, or they were just going on off on Instagram. No, they said in the, this is the day that she got shot. They said she was, they were fighting in the car. Mm. <laughs> this and then here go the shave room. Listen, the shave room is just that the shave. This ghetto. This they so do ghetto. not post very rarely. Um, they just now. I don't know if y'all noticed, like when they post some now at the end of the at the bottom, they be like. Shave room does not condone bullying or harassment in any form. I'm like, y'all just want to start putting that in your in your post in 2021. <laughs> I'm just saying, in terms of like, there's been a lot of beef started all over the internet, and I think a lot of times the shave room, you know, post stuff just for the shade, but it really is like affecting people's lives. Um, you know, a lot it, it just you know prolongs a lot of beefs, and as we can yeah. see in hip hop, it's a lot of people dying. Not saying it's because of the shave room, but. It's a lot of yeah. people dying. It's a lot of people dying in hip hop, and I don't think that needs to be, you know, dragged any anymore. I feel like uh, the shade room is very. Mind you, people do. People are going to react how they want to react. That's one there. But the shade <laughs> room is very gaslighting. Yes, to say that, yes. like, yes. they can post what they can. I mean, they can post what they want, and it can just mean completely nothing. But they, at the end of the day, they know, like, they know what's going to spark audience. They know what's going to get right. light. They can say all they want about them not not encouraging it or them not condoning bullying. Right. But at the end because, of the day, they post yep. things because they know that certain things are going to go viral or certain things are going to get certain comments. Right. So, yeah. Like you said perfectly, it's like they're gaslighting because it's like they aren't physically causing you to go, you know, do something to somebody or physically causing you to go argue. But when they post a headline, right, knowing half of the people that see the post are only going to read the headline. And then go comment. They're not going to, you know, read the little blurb. You know, they might post a story. For example, Meg Stanley, another another post they posted for Meg was that they said the, the, the bullet fragments that were in Meg's leg cannot be found. That's what the title said. But in the caption, which most people are just going to read the title and go comment, they didn't say the bullets never existed, right? They said that they lost them. But from the title, what it lets you, what leads people to think is that Meg, Megan lied about being shot. Yeah. Right. So people are starting to think that, oh, she was never really shot. But if you read the caption or they'll be like, oh, go to our page to see more, that will tell you what they really meant um, by that title. So using certain titles to mislead people, um, I think that was another thing that um, issue that Meg had because she even posted, but of course, the shaving was not going to post her complaining about complaining about blogs and, you know, journalists. But she was like, isn't it supposed to be credible information y'all post? But no, they just right. post a shade. They just post a shade, and they post in what they think people will comment on. Um, and like you, like I said, most people do not read. Look to go read a paragraph. They just want to read the caption and be like, "Yeah, now y'all need to apologize to Tori." 
but they not like <laughs> they not actually seeing what's being said. So imagine and for but, those people that don't know what gaslighting is, gaslighting is when you tell a person that knows the facts that it is fiction and you want to see the reaction and yeah. it gets all hazy and crazy and messy. Right. That's trying to convince trying to convince somebody what they thinking is not really yes, you know, real. Um and I just want to say, like, imagine if T- Taylor Swift got shot in her legs. I just want to say, can we replace? <laughs> can, we replace- can we replace? Gotten her shot. Got shot by who? Is Sharon? Who was Sharon? <laughs> let's replace. Let's replace the big public figure that was shot. It got chaotic. <laughs> it really chaotic. It became a whole march for Taylor. <laughs> Let We're us, marching for Taylor now. <laughs> literally, but no, that's literally what the world the world would literally stop. Think about Demi Lovato, Taylor Swift, these white stars. Imagine if they got shot, and then people making jokes about her them being shot. Like, do y'all ever sit back and think, like, damn, they really making fun of Megan who got she just got shot? Like, and people just playing it like it's nothing. I, that's just so crazy to me. And I feel like it just goes hand in hand with like how people um try to masculate Megan. Because a lot of people are like, oh, well, look how big she is in comparison to Tori. Like, what the hell? Like, I, I think, like, that means she should have been shot? Like, I, I but listen. Wait, I think because she's so strong as a woman. Like, she's so powerful. She gives Is she that, strong, though? No, is she, she gives, strong? She, she, not, not physically, but I'm talking, like, yeah. mentally. Like, her okay. career-wise, she's a strong woman. So yeah. people probably think that she can handle a lot because she's got herself this far. Not even, like, realizing that there's a whole backing behind her. But still, yeah. she has that, and she has that whole um, persona of her being strong too, as well. So, like, yeah, I feel like know, a lot of black women really don't have a choice but to like. I feel like true. they're not gonna be popular. You're not gonna be popular unless you like strong willed or you saying something or you act like you know that you're hard or whatever it might be. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like people. You don't think that people try to masculate Megan? I've seen you know people say like so. Well, her nickname is the Stallion, whatever. People are like, oh, that's a male horse. That's her trying to tell us she is a man, like. And I just feel like people always just trying to make her seem as if she's not feminine, even like even though she shows us in everything she does that she is, you know. So I, I feel like people use that to try to say, oh, well, she's big. She maybe that's why she got shot. She was doing too much, you know, but I just really try not to uh, like I, like you said, I, I really like Reese was saying, I'm ready for the guilty, not guilty verdict because I'm tired of reading the headline. Uh, but I think it really just shows us how, you know, society treats us. Like someone literally was shot or was shot at, you know, whatever it is. And it, it's being played about. But but then when, you know, a lot of these hip hop, like, what's his name? Um, rest in peace, Young Dolph. When Young Dolph was just killed, who's nobody's laughing about that. Like, like he was shot and killed. No one laughs about him being shot. But because Meg survived, what if Meg would have died? Would, would, would that change how people talk about, you know, her situation? But yeah, our next segment is Catch My Life, where we ask the listeners for what they need advice on. And the one that stuck out to me personally was a question that came from one of my followers. And it said, how do I open up my heart again, despite past relationship trauma of fuckboys? But for a while, it took me like it took me some time to get back into that funk. I had to really like I told you guys earlier in the episode that like. I'm okay with taking time. Like I'm the king of patience and time now. Like it has to, everything has to be right and aligned in the right setting. Like we have to do this, that, the third. 
Like, I am okay with waiting for the right husband. And that's what I want a husband. And so mm-hmm. when I look at that, I have to see the qualities and what you're doing and how you treat your family and the ways that you move, where you're living, how you push your money, like all of that is into consideration for me. So recently I've been going on dates. I've been like dating around or whatever. I went on a date and it was actually crazy. And I swear like Issa's me, I am Issa. I went on a date and we went to Maggiano's and for those people that don't have a Maggiano's around them or don't know what that is, it's like a spot where you can get pasta. And right. so I love me some pasta, chicken alfredo, right. yes. Or like even something with shrimp in it, shrimp fettuccine, something like that. Italian um, special. Okay. So I love <laughs> pasta. We were on, it was basically a date, but I said I said it was friendship because we're not saying it's a date because I don't know. So we were <laughs> on a date and the bill comes and oh, the waiter, nah, yeah. The waiter was like, okay, so how you guys going to do? You guys want to just do it all together and, or just put it up? Like, he was, first of all, he gave me nervous energy. So <laughs> he was like, mm, I don't know. What the, and so like, I gave it back to him. So I was awkward as hell. And I was like, yeah, I said it really loud. I was like, yeah, you can split this up. It's not a date. And I looked at him and he looked what? at me and then the guy. And we all looked at each other and just sat there. And I was like, yeah, this is my life right now. But (laughs) but that is me and the steps that I took in order to open my heart back up. And I've been like meditating on opening my heart chakra back up to people that deserve it. And I feel like that's really been coming into my life. So advice that I can give to you is honestly, speak your intentions to your life, like out loud, aloud, like, or write it down and say what you want in a relationship, say what you want in a partner and just abide by that. Stand by those and be intentional about who you allow into your life and stand with your boundaries that you have for yourself. For me, it took me a minute to realize, and time is important. Time is important, baby. Take that time because you want to be with this person for a lifetime or whatever you want whatever it depends for me I wanted to be with that person I want to be with the person that I'm with for an extended period of time so like in those instances you want to be with someone for an extended period of time or a lifetime then you have to treat it like that it's not going to come fast like you expect it to come fast no it's not going to come fast because there's a lot of fuck boys in this world so take that into consideration take time into consideration and really take your time on these dates and get to know them before you fuck them because once you fuck them they have the possibility to leave and only want one thing out of you so it's really important that you have several dates in order to bob and weave out the fuck boys in your life and who really wants you because trust me a fuck boy not going to stay for a six date no baby yeah. <laughs> you want that from baby I'm literally <laughs> so yeah it takes time i say all that to say it takes time mm. any advice guys <laughs> Gently remind me of the topic. I feel like it's definitely love, finding love, taking your time. How yes, do, how to, love. is it it's how to love. like believe? Okay, I'm going to throw this in. into perspective for you. So you had just gotten out of a toxic relationship. Wait, Reese, I feel like this is your life, actually. This oh, is. Talk to I'm me, bitch. Talk to me. Wait, tell me. I'm about to okay. tell my story. Go ahead. It's not my story. It's her story. So you just got out of a toxic relationship, fighting, bickering. It wasn't healthy for you at all. You weren't prepared for it. The other girl wasn't prepared for it. You guys both had growing to do. 
So now the relationship's over. She's still hitting you back up. You're hitting her back up, but you want it to end. So you end it and you move on. And there's a silent part in your life where it's just like you're working on yourself and your heart is closed because of the past relationship. And you don't want anybody else to do like the past relationship. So the question is, how do you move on and open your heart back up in order to find that love again and be yourself? Well, so after every single relationship, I did this thing to where I wanted to go out and be a quote unquote hoe. I didn't want to, you know, get into a relationship, but I wanted to, you know, just, you know, be friendly for a night, get to know somebody at the club. And the, the funny thing is, nine times out of ten, it never happened. Like, I never found that person. Yeah, like, I never took girl, nobody like. home. Like, I was just like, most of the time, it just ended with me uh, hanging out with somebody that was a game hell and just chilling. <laughs> like, it was, you know, or, but I just never got into another relationship, you know, while I was in that phase. But everybody gets lonely, you know, you, you want somebody to fill that position, even though, um, you may not want what you previously had, because some people are attracted to hurt, but at this time I was done, like trying to do that. You know, I, I wanted to genuinely fall in love, but I didn't want, uh, to find like somebody that was a toxic bitch again, like, like the previous person I was dating or dealing with. So I just spoke that shit into existence, honestly. I told myself I was going to find the girl of my dreams, and that's what I did. Like, I just opened myself back up after that whole period of me, quote, unquote, saying I was going to be a hoe and never coming back with nobody, you know? Like, because that's not, that's just not me, you know? So I would try, but I, I was the type of person who liked to build up uh, a relationship with somebody else. Well, like, whether it was like talking or I knew them through a friendship, like I seen them in the creative community, like that's what I did. So I, I, I ended up getting into a relationship by finding somebody while I was swiping on the apps and it took this girl like two months to even meet me. So we just like talked a lot, but I just said it, I, I said it like not to her because I didn't want to be wilding. But I wrote it in my notes. Like I told myself, like this was the girl that I wanted to like try to be with, and like this was the girl of my dreams. Essentially, like she just checked off every box that I wanted. But at the same time, she didn't want to see me when I wanted to see her. So I had to have that patience. Like I really had to just kind of just wait for it to work out. I'm gonna be real with you. I met her at a time to where I thought I was perfect. And I thought nothing was wrong with me. Um, I know now that I have tons of shit to work on. And I met her at a time she had severe trauma, like from trust, just on a, on, you know, on a basic level, like she just did not trust people. And it's crazy because when you meet somebody that you actually fuck with and actually love enough to like want to grow for, it makes all the difference because it's like, you're essentially holding up a mirror. Like you see the parts of you that are fucked up because you care about that person so much to want to be better for them. So it's like you analyze situations with a different perspective. You're like, okay, 
that's where I was an asshole at. I don't want to do this because this is my partner that I love and respect and I don't want them to feel this way. So it's like, damn, now that awareness causes you, if you revisit that situation to approach it with caution and not be a raging bitch like how you came in when you didn't realize. So it's like those little steps point to the growth and the vulnerability and like all these things that you need in a relationship, the, the growth of communication, like all these things start, start coming in and getting better just because you just love and respect another person as much as they love and respect you. So you just, you just got to find that, that person that, that makes you feel, feel like they give a shit about you, you know? And it's just like, you can't give up, but it's tough. It's tough. You got to, you know, put your big toe in. Don't put your whole foot in, you know, just put one at a time. And as you feel like you can trust them more and more, you just end up letting go. You know, like some people you do, you step out there with, you put your big toe in, right? Then you put your middle toe in and then, and that shit is hot and you got to bounce back. You know, some people have you fucked up. <laughs> That's completely okay to, you know, crawl back into your shell. And just be like, hold on, like, no, you can't have access to me. Why? Because I deserve more than that. You know what I mean? And that's completely okay. And you should do that. But when somebody just, you, when you know, you just know, man. And it's, it's awesome. It's a great feeling. Wait, first of all, yes, I related on so many levels. <laughs> but no, because lesbian love is so passionate and like successful, I feel like. <laughs> Yo, I no, feel like lesbian love is regular love i feel like everybody should experience just love like and honestly, i respect that like, but i'm talking like, about in the terms of under the umbrella when we talk about the lgbtqia um i feel like gay love is very much so sexualized and we think that it has to be porn and then we dip on niggas like and it doesn't have to be that um so it's hard oh. to distinguish which guy is actually there for you and which guy is only there for sex basically so like you were I saying guess. with the yeah like we like you were saying i feel like no that could be a different subject for a different day we're not gonna get there perspective yeah like my like, perspective is different than yours. yeah different um Gosh. so like you were saying about the uncomfortable or like you were saying about the people who are are comfortable with being um in like a traumatic experience or a traumatic relationship like, cause for me, I was comfortable with that because that was all I knew. Literally, I ain't know nothing else. So that was comfortable for me. And it's uncomfortable to be in a healthy relationship because I ain't never yeah. experienced it before. So I had yeah. to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and realizing my worth and what I deserved in a relationship. And when I opened those doors, so much came to me, baby. So much came to me. A big thing was communication for me because I used to just be quiet and like just let it all sit in and just do like little shit that would just like not be healthy and was toxic. So, and like you said, when you when you find that person or like when you're in a relationship, um, certain people will bring it out of you. Like certain people will hold that mirror to your face and be like, no, we're not going here today. Like this is what you need to realize in order to get to the next step with me. And for me, it was yep. communication. So I had to work on even though, like, what's that song with Kanye? Even when it is not, it will not always be. That was literally me. Because, like, like literally, I had to fight myself. It's a fight. You're literally fighting yourself to change who you used to be. 
And that's what it was with me. I had to fight myself to open my mouth and communicate, even though I was, um, even though I wasn't comfortable with it, even though I was not okay with it, even though I didn't want to express it, I didn't want to tell anyone, yes. I didn't want to open up. But I had to let that person know how I was feeling so they could get it. Because you have to think, like, you don't say nothing and you're having a bit, like, just for an example, this is me. I, I'm having a bad day. I don't want to talk to nobody. And I'm not even going to tell you that I don't want to talk to you. I'm not even going to tell you I had a bad day. I'm just going to ignore the whole chat, ignore whatever's going on. Like, I will just be not on my phone. I won't be on social yeah. media. I won't do nothing. Like, I will just, like, be. I will be. And I'll try to figure it out. But when you're in a relationship or when you have friends or when you have family that actually love you and care about you and you're neglecting that love, it's like, okay, so what's going on with them? Like, did I do something wrong? Is he mad at me? Like, exactly. like so it's up to you to communicate to them. Like, listen, I'm like, I had a very low energy state right now. I just had a bad day at work. My boss was down on me for no reason, mad condescending. And I just can't, like, I'm going to go to sleep. If you would have just told him that, Casey, instead of ignoring them, then there would have been no problem. Like, it would have just been another day because they understand. And it's up to them, themselves, to be healthy enough to understand that you're a human and you go through bad days and to not harbor that on you and to just be there for you. Maybe send you a little Postmates or like, you know, Uber Eats yeah. <laughs> with a little wine bottle. I saw the uh, last Insecure episode, so like, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, but, the yeah. things in a wine. Yeah, I was like, oh, that is so cute. But yeah, I say all that to say that. Yeah, I relate to you, Reese. That is, that is dope. Crazy, but dope. I feel it. Michelle, any advice? Um, I don't think I'm in a place to give advice on that per se. Um, I guess for me, I need to be open personally. Um, I have to be more open just because I feel like I'm not really serious about trying to find no type of person like that. Like, I just feel like I'm, um, I blow a lot of people off. I'm just like, I don't really have the energy or the time. So I maybe, I guess maybe that is, um, I guess detrimental to an extent. Uh, but then you also, I also feel like you have to have, like Casey, like you were saying, like you have to, if you're have, if you're in relationships with people, whether it be your family, your friends, you know, your, you know, a partner, or whatever, you have to be open to communicating to them um, what's going on. And I feel like I don't have that in me right now. Like I feel like I'm comfortable now to just not have to do that. Um, I guess that could be a bad thing or a good thing, but I'm not really, you know, I'm not really. Uh, I don't think I'm in a place to respond to that. But of course, if I'm just talking from what I, you know, what I think, um, uh, like trying to recoup after being in such a toxic um, situation, you know, I would probably say to take time for yourself and figure out what you want next and not just, you know, be trapped inside that cycle of, um, well, case like you were saying, being trapped in the cycle of, well, this is what I'm used to, so I'm just going to jump into another one. Um, but I guess take some time back and um, and reflect on what you want, what you don't want. Um, and like uh, Reese was saying, write it down. What do you, what what are you looking for? What do you want? But yeah, that's all I got. I think that once you communicate with people, um, when you're like, when you're not feeling good or you're busy or whatever, and right. um, they you get that communication back. That's how you figure out if you you really fuck with people, honestly, because right. you're yeah. being your most transparent, vulnerable, authentic self. And their reaction to that 
is ultimately what's going to carry on. Like, of course, people are going to love you at your best, but I love to see how people act when you're at your worst. So right. I think that's something that you should actually start to try to do, maybe, mm-hmm. if you can. Yeah. But if you're not up to yeah. it and you don't feel it, it's your world, it's your life, sis, do what you yeah. got to do. You know? Yeah, you know. yeah, I think I'm up to it to an extent, but I just feel like... And it's not, I haven't had anything traumatic or maybe anything I would perceive as traumatic, you know, happen. Uh, and like and like relationships like that but i just I, I guess i just feel i guess this is traumatic to say like time wasted like you you feel like you talk to somebody it's just like what's going on here like and i guess people let you down um yeah you just like bro I'm, I'm tired of having to go through this like i don't want to have to know i don't want to have to what's your favorite color what's this what's that then you say something crazy then i'm like okay yes but i can honestly mm-hmm. say because i was i used to be like that especially with mm-hmm. men Mm-hmm. Especially when I thought I was straight. <laughs> I used to feel like I wanted to protect myself. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to not fall in love because I didn't want to deal with some ancient ass guy that was gonna cheat on me or do some bullshit that I just didn't ask for prior to getting in that relationship. <laughs> right. You know, like I was like, I'm good off of a nigga, like super hard. I was yeah. that was my lane. Yeah. So <laughs> Basically, some guy compared it to like having a Porsche and never driving it, like have like protecting yourself and like you're locked away in a garage and you're never getting to enjoy what love is because you're so closed off. Like you're literally like Rapunzel in a motherfucking castle. Like you never right. get down and play in the water and like experience the vulnerability or just like just just have that level of like. I'm fucking trusting you, bitch. So don't fuck with me. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. type of feeling. And um I I hear you, yo. I feel yeah. you too. Like that shit. It's I was exhausting riding. to an extent. It Energy. is. Like, yeah, why like, I gotta yeah. get to know your motherfucking favorite color? That's why I'm sad <laughs> this one in. I'm not doing this again. Like I yeah. feel my person and <laughs> I'm, I'm, done. Done. I'm done. Like I'm actually good off of whatever other person is out there because i feel like i've got mine like yeah and 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 it was worth going out there and trying to find even though it was crazy the what is this ghetto this shit is and during a pandemic bitch dating are you vaccinated that's the first question and then what's your ideology behind that? right that's another thing it's just like Bro, hold are on, you an on. anti-vaxxer like literally, talk, do you support you Donald Trump? Like right. we have you so listen to many, Joe like, Rogan, like bro. Like, oh we got so many ghetto. shit to go through. So I feel you, Michelle, for real. Yeah. <laughs> Dating is ghetto. Yes. Ghetto. Very scary. <laughs> it's very scary out here. But that moves us into our next segment. And the next segment is for Reese. It's called New Music. New music segment where we talk about the top five tracks of the week and we say yay or nay. Yeah, so I've just been doing these remixes lately, uh, really heavy. So I'll just be playing those real quick. I got about five. I got more than five, but I'll just hit you guys with some. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. If you wonder if I, 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 if you
So that was one of them. And that's, of course, a yay. Uh, let me keep it going with these beats. Ah, I N O J. This is so freaking beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. All that really mattered was yours. Yes. <laughs> That's my shit. <laughs> Let me see. I got another one. I did this when we were in Mexico.
So that was that one. And then I got one more for y'all. What was the sample to that? Um, so her name is Poulet, and it's the song is called Dreamwave, but she's a UK artist. And wait, uh, is it Poulet? Uh, no, not from oh. Blood and Water. No, Poulet. <laughs> Blood and Water. <laughs> no, I think, no, because you know how she had a part where she was singing in the yes. And Drake started singing too when he was in the Pukile. Pukile and Pule. <laughs> Yo, but that's fire. Yes. How'd you find her though? I, on SoundCloud. So I okay. was in the underground artist on SoundCloud and um, she was one of them that was reposted and her whole album was fire. And this yes. was one of the songs. Lastly, I'll do Garden Kisses because that's always a fan favorite. Yes, I love the way he was singing. Yes. Is that Wait, Gibeo? Yes. Oh, okay. Gibeo. I was about to say, yeah, the voice sounds mad familiar. Yes. The mix. No. Like, yep. It sounded Same really good. It sounded delicious. Scrumptious. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up our segment. So as we come to the end, do you guys have any final words for this episode and everybody that's mm. listening right now? Hmm, I would say I think some themes from this episode were uh like seek fulfillment, always be ready for what's next. Um, don't get uh don't let um uh, imposter syndrome, you know, get to you. Like um it's made up, it's not real. Um, and yeah. So I have. Yeah, I would definitely say that don't let it cripple you, don't let it handicap you. Also, do what you want, and if it means right or if it feels right to you and it's not hurting you, go for it. Don't ask anybody for their opinion on it. Like, if you're feeling it, do it. And I think that's very important and necessary, whether you're looking at relationships, friendships, relationships, careers, or goals that you want to fulfill for yourself. Don't ask for other people's opinions unless they're in that field, because I feel like sometimes when you ask people and it may be your family member or your friend that's not in the field, has nothing to do with it. They may skew you in a different direction. And mind you, every direction is your right direction, but it may take you a little bit longer. So just follow your intuition and follow your path. And that's all I have to say. Yes. I just got to say, be you, be nice to you, give your respect where it's due, your credit where it's due, you know, because you are, like you said, Casey, you're one of one. 
you're a unique person, you're doing this. So you gotta be easy on yourself. You're having all this confidence, you know, to believe in yourself. So you gotta do that, you know, and 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 not be so hard on yourself. That's what I walked away from this with, you know. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to, you know, not have everything figured out because you're it's life, literally. It throws you curveballs. You gotta adapt, you know. Um yeah, and that's all I gotta say. It's okay. Yeah. So that wraps up our episode. Until next time, we will see you later, guys. Bye.